Lecture Topic The Dictates of True Love for Prophet Muhammad material, which are perishable, but even if that has some worth, then a person is naturally inclined to things of worth, something that is lying in the dust, worthless, something that is of no benefit to anybody, nobody gives it a second look, it's part of insan's tabiyat, part of his nature. So one is even in material things, but material things are material things. What can something material compare to a human being? All the material things of the world put together cannot compare to the worth of one human being who has iman in his heart, who is a servant of Allah Taala, who has submitted to Allah Taala. Then what are the gold mines of the world? What are the diamond pits of the world? What are all the crude oil wells in the world and what is all the gold and silver worth all these things are worth nothing compared to the worth of one mu'min and this is very very clearly understood from the hadith sharif when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says la taqumu sa'a hatta yuqala fil ardi Allah Allah qiyamah won't come until there is even one person taking the name of Allah on this earth, meaning one mu'min alive. There's one mu'min still alive, then this whole universe will function because this one mu'min is still around. And when that one mu'min also is no more there, then there's no worth left for this world to exist. There is nothing for this world to exist thereafter, qiyamah will come and this entire world will be destroyed. So this is the worth of one mu'min. So in any case, what the point was, that this is part of insan's nature, that anything of value, of worth, then his heart naturally inclines to it, provided that he has recognized the worth in it. Something can be extremely valuable, but somebody doesn't know the worth of it. Sheikh Sadi Rahmatullah this is a lesson he's giving. She says, when I was a little child, my mother gave me a diamond ring. So I wore that diamond ring as a child and went out. So some thug, very sophisticated thief, he saw this diamond ring on the hand of this child. He said, well, here's an opportunity. 
So he brought something and came, like in our context, we'll say like an ice cream. And he said to him, taste this. So he tasted it, the child now, taste an ice cream. He said, now taste this ring of yours. So now what can the tongue taste in a ring? That diamond. Says, Which tastes better? He says, well, the ice cream tastes better. Let's exchange. He says, little child, I had no idea what's the worth of that diamond ring. So I exchanged it for that ice cream. Whatever it might have been, something sweet. In our context, the ice cream. Because it tasted better to the tongue. But the child didn't know the worth. What is the worth of that ring? So now the little child, he bartered that ring away for that one perishable, small, some ice cream that he enjoyed for one minute. And then finished. End of the story. So if a person doesn't know the worth of something, then obviously this is his jahadat. This is his ignorance. So he is going to now barter away the best thing for the worthless, most worthless thing. But if a person has some understanding of what the worth is in something, then his heart naturally inclines to it. So now one is all the material things can't compare to the worth of one insan. And then that insan who has iman in his heart, what can that compare to? And then beyond that, so beyond that is that insan who Allah Ta'ala made the greatest of all creation. Allah Ta'ala blessed with the best of the best. That insan who Allah Ta'ala made his most chosen Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala blessed with everything of the very best. So if somebody doesn't recognize this word, doesn't recognize the value, doesn't recognize the honor and greatness, then it is his jahalat. But if anybody has recognized it to even some extent, then it is impossible that he will not be deeply attracted. And not just deeply attracted, but that he will want to give his whole heart and soul. Because when a person is deeply attracted to something, then he wants to give his everything to it. People get deeply attracted to the perishable things of dunya and they perish their lives for those perishable things. Because they have taken control of their hearts. Person gets involved in some haram love and that has taken control of his heart. Now for that haram love he will give up anything. Give up his parents, give up his family, he will even lose his dunya also on the side. But that will take control of his heart. His heart is attached to something, that is it now. So if a person has understood, has taken some understanding, not even the very total, who is going to understand in reality? That what was the personality of Rasulullah what Allah Ta'ala blessed him with, and what maqam and position Allah Ta'ala elevated him to, physically all the greatness Allah Ta'ala gave him, Spiritually, what maqam and position Allah Ta'ala put him on, then it is impossible that a person will not be totally absorbed in his love. Now, this for us is a theory, for us it's some words, Alhamdulillah, it is Allah Ta'ala's fazal, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, that we have iman, we have iman in Allah Ta'ala, we have iman that Nabi Kareem Wasallam is the last and final messenger, we have iman. That success in dunya and akhirat is only in following Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Alhamdulillah, that iman is there. This is purely Allah Taala's grace, purely His gift.
But with that iman being there, to a much great extent sometimes, this is a theory for us. It's a theory which he accepts, but it's a theory. And for the Sahaba Ikram, it was a reality. For the true lovers of Nabiya Kareem Wasallam, it was a reality. That they were ready to give their everything for Nabiya Kareem Wasallam because they recognized who he was. They recognized what Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with. Externally, every beauty Allah blessed him with. And internally, every excellence Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. If it was his physical self, then that too was incomparable. Hazrat Hassan bin Sabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he describes in his very famous poem, وَأَحْسَنَ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَرَقَدْتُ عَيْنِي وَأَجْمَلَ مِنْكَ لَمْ تَلِدِ النِّسَاءُ I have never seen anyone more beautiful than you. No woman has given birth to any child more handsome than you. And it is as if you have been created the way you desire it, free from every blemish, free from every slightest kind of fault of any sort. And so many other riwayat have the details of the excellence of Nabiya Kareem Wasallam in terms of his external beauty which the Sahaba Ikram they made this great ihsan on the ummah they recorded all these things they narrated it, they described it in detail they described the Mubarak palm of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that there was no silk softer than his Mubarak palm they described his walk, how he walked he walked as if he was coming down in a downward incline there was a certain level of speed, but without any kind of haste. Subhanallah, what a combination. That there was speed in his walk, but no haste. If you see somebody hurriedly walking, you can see this person is rushing somewhere. He walked with calmness, but yet he walked in a way that others couldn't keep up with him. They described even how he sat, how he slept, how he ate, how he spoke, how he conducted himself in a gathering, how he was in the marketplace, how he was on the battlefield, and how he was in every aspect of life, how he conducted himself as a husband to his wives, as a father to his children, as a person among the community, as a leader of the ummah, in every sphere of life, how Nabi Karim Salaam conducted himself, they described every detail, and all these details they passed on to the ummah, that the Ummah someday will come, they have, will not have this opportunity of seeing Nabi Kareem Wasallam with their eyes, of being in his Mubarak company, of witnessing how he's conducting himself. So they preserve this entire description that somebody will come before Qiyamah also. He'll also be able to visualize as if he's in the very Mubarak presence of Nabi Kareem Wasallam. And he is seeing this Mubarak conduct with his own eyes. To this detail, the Sahaba recorded everything. And this recording and preserving and passing on of this was purely out of that deep muhabbat and love they had. That every aspect of the beloved was so beloved to them that they had to take total note of it and preserve it for the generations and the ummah to come. But now when a person has recognized this, and that recognition, and when that has 
that recognition of the greatness of what position Allah has blessed, what excellence Allah has given, the automatic result of that is it captures the heart. When it captures the heart, then there is nothing else that can happen apart from total emulation. If something captures the heart, then a person gives everything to it. Some material thing captures the heart, he puts his whole life and soul into it. Somebody becomes captured by the wealth of this world, then he'll sacrifice everything for it. He'll sacrifice his family for it too. They'll be complaining all the time that what's his life all about? He says, no, no, I'm earning for you all. He says, no, we got enough for the great-grandchildren already. He says, no, no, but I need to earn for you all. But that has become not an earning for you all. That has become the be-all and end-all. Life starts revolving around that. And everything else must find a place in the side somewhere. This becomes the purpose of life. Why? Because that has grabbed onto the heart. So now when the heart is grabbed by that, then the heart is given to it. So now a person gives his everything to it. So likewise, when the person has recognized the personality of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then he gives his heart and he gives his life to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And how does that translate into his day-to-day life? It translates into emulation, into following, into ittiba, and very closely emulating the Mubarak life of Nabi Kareem in his entire life. There is a very big misconception that Sunnah refers to certain specific acts. And indeed, every act of the Sunnah is Sunnah. If it is pertaining to how Nabi Kareem ate, then to learn those sunnats, that too is a very great aspect of life, that's too a very great ibadat, that too is very rewarding, whether it is to learn and to practice on the sunnats of sleeping, the sunnats of even going into the toilets, is a very great ibadat, tremendous barakat and blessings, but the sunnah, the word sunnah when it is mentioned in the hadith sharif, this refers to the way of life, it is not confined to certain aspects of life. It is referring to the way of life. On one occasion, Nabi Kareem sallam, said to Sayyidina Anas ta'ala said to him, Ya Bunayya, addressing him with utmost love, O oh my beloved son. Then he says to him, In qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahad, faf'al, the crux of this, do your utmost. Do your utmost to keep your heart clean of malice. This is the summary of this. The do your utmost to keep your heart clean of any malice for anyone. Why? Anasrullah, he was such an ardent lover of Nabi Kareem So Nabi is addressing him and he knows he's addressing an ardent lover of his. Anas was such an ardent lover of Nabi Kareem sallam, he says once one tailor, khayyat, he invited Nabi Kareem sallam, to a meal. I was a very simple person and he would provide a simple meal. So he invited Nabi Kareem sallam, and I also went along being the khadim, the special attendant of Nabi Kareem sallam, at all times. So I went along. So now he presented the meal and the meal was calabash. 
So now this calabash was in some gravy. That was the meal. That was the dawah. So he says, in the gravy, I saw Nabi Kareem Wasallam searching for those small pieces of that calabash. And I realized that he is eating this with relish. Now the shura, the commentators of hadith, they explain that there are many, many benefits in this for the physical self. So many things that they mention. But apart from that, if something is preferred, if a person enjoys eating something, and he eats it because it now has been provided to him, and he eats it with relish, and he makes shukr to Allah wa ta'ala, that even that meal that he ate with relish, he enjoyed it, but he ate it in the correct manner, he ate it taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, and then he made the shukr of Allah Ta'ala, that too will become a means of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So the Hadim Zadullah Muhajir Makki Rahmatullah once the Tanwi Rahmatullah says, he said to me, when you drink water, drink it cold. Obviously, not in the peak of winter, and on top of that, especially if a person is suffering from a cold already. Everything has its particular placing and context. Now, on a hot day, he says, when you drink the water, drink it cold. So, Ajib Nasihat, where does this fit in? Was he some kind of nutritionist, giving some kind of nutritional advice? No, he was giving some other advice. He says, when you drink that cold water, especially on a hot day, person is thirsty, and now he drinks that cold water, so he feels that actually quenching him, he feels that coolness getting into every vein almost. And when that happens, and a person feels so quenched, that Alhamdulillah comes from the depth of the heart. Now can you imagine on a hot day, somebody now, he's thirsty, and he asks for water, and if you rather, rather put the example to ourselves, we ask for water, we're thirsty as well, and somebody gives some water, but the water is warm. On a hot day, parched, person was fasting the whole day, and now he was provided a star time with warm water. So, mashallah, that's also water. He'll still say alhamdulillah, but at the same time his mind will be saying, but this person didn't check beforehand. He didn't feel the water, he brought this warm water and came. I'm sure there was cold water around. He'll feel uneasy about this, he won't be so grateful for it. The issue was not what kind of water in itself, but what kind of water will bring the sugar from the depth of the heart. That sugar must come from the depth of the heart because this is what will connect to Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, coming back to the incident, Allah says, I realized that the Kareem Salaam was eating this with relish. Now he was not one who at that time enjoyed or relished eating calabash. Though the calabash, he didn't enjoy it as such. It was not something that we will call a favorite dish. But he says, when I saw this, that Nabi Islam enjoyed this, it automatically became my nature. I started enjoying it. Why? Because I saw Nabi Kareem Islam eating it with relish. Now, whereas this is not something to do with Sharia. It's not something that is a command of deen, that you must eat this particular food, and it is to be enjoyed in this manner. But this is an effect of love. And such intense love that merely seeing the beloved enjoying something made it enjoyable for him. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is addressing Anas He's not addressing somebody else. So he's saying to him, keep your heart at all costs. Keep your heart clean of malice. Why? 
And the one who will love my sunnah will be with me in Jannah. This was the occasion when this was said. That this is part of my way of life. And the person who will love my way of life, that way of life includes every aspect of life. And therefore because the Sahaba had such intense love, they loved the person of Nabi Kareem wasallam. They loved his every action. They loved his every command. They loved his every instruction. They loved anything and everything that emanated from him. This was more dear to them than their own lives, than everything. And it was this that made them act instantly. When the Beast gave some command or thought something once, that was enough. This was purely the effect of muhabbat. It was the effect of love. One sahabi, he says, I was beating my slave. Now in that time, this was nothing. Nobody gave it a second thought. It was only Islam that came and then changed this whole thing. But prior to Islam, this was the order of the day. person owned a slave that was like his possession. So now somebody is owning something and he decides to break it. Nobody is going to ask any question. He decided to do what he wanted to the slave. Nobody will ask anything. So now this was the early days and now he just became a Muslim recently and now he is beating his slave. And then he says, I suddenly hear somebody shouting from behind, I'alam Aba Mas'ud. So I was so angry at that time, I wasn't even, I didn't even pay attention to who is calling to me. Anger. Anger, again this too, Nabi Islam's way of life he repeatedly emphasized the controlling of anger. One person came to ask him for advice. Give me some advice. Simple advice. Two words. La taghdab. Don't become angry. Actually what it refers to, it doesn't mean don't ever feel the emotion of anger. Because that is not in a person's control not to feel the emotion. What it means is, don't vent it. Control it. Where there is a need to vent it for deen, then there also there is a need, there is a manner of how to express it. But la taqdab, he says, okay, give me more advice. More advice, la taqdab. Two words, la taqdab. Don't express that anger, control it. Because it will cause havoc in your deen, it will cause great damage in your dunya also someday. Again he asked for advice, third time round, La taqdab. Control that anger. Abdul Sahabi says, I was so angry at that time, I didn't even pay attention, who's shouting at me? So I continued beating the slave. Now this was from a distance, Nabi Sallallahu saw him. So he came and he's moving quickly towards him. And he says, he then shouted again, I'lam Abu Mas'ud, know well, O Abu Mas'ud. So now as he realized that this is, 
turned around and he saw who's calling to him. And he realized it was Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa So he immediately dropped that whoop that he had in his hand. And he says, Nabi sallallahu continued saying, I'lam Aba Mas'ud, I'lam Aba Mas'ud. Know very well, O Abu Mas'ud, until he came close to him. And then he said to him, Lallahu akhdaru alayka minka alayh. Lallahu akhdaru alayka minka alayh. Allah has more power over you than you have over the slave. Today you are venting yourself, remember there's a tomorrow. Today you are expressing your power and might and committing the zulm and oppression, but remember there's a tomorrow. And that tomorrow you will be in front of Allah Ta'ala. And this slave today is helpless in front of you, tomorrow you're going to be helpless in front of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, he repented, but he says, that was it. I never ever thereafter hit a slave ever in my life. One lesson, once. No need for any second. But where did this himmat come from? That in one lesson it all happened. That was the effect of this love. And where this love came from? From recognizing the personality of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The ma'rifat. Of who is Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What excellence Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with. What maqam and position. What beauty internally, externally. And every greatness Allah Ta'ala gave him from the entire makhluk. So this recognition brought this deep mahabbat. And this mahabba brought this emulation. One sahabi, Nabi Kareem he came to Nabi said, Give me some advice. Again, Two words or three words. La tasubbanna ahadan. Full stop. La tasubbanna ahadan. Now this is also, people were just coming in in the early days now. They just came into Islam. So a lot of the things from Jahiliyat were still lingering somewhere, sometimes. And as they were learning now, they were going forward. So now he's just come and now he's asked for some advice. The advice is la tasubbanna ahadan. In all likelihood, he was a person who was, this was part of his, his dialogue, part of his uh, vocabulary. He used to be swearing all the time. Nabi Sallallahu said, don't ever swear anybody. La tasubbanna ahadan, don't ever swear anybody. One, one line, not even one line, quarter line. And one time this advice given. Now he's relating this incident to his students, many Years later, long time later, he says, from that moment in time, ma sababtu hurran, wala abdan, wala ba'iran, wala shatan. I never saw it any free person, let alone a free person, even a slave. Because in that time, to, to swear the slave was regarded as nothing. What's what's in there? Whereas it was not what's in there, but that's how it was regarded as. He says, but I never ever saw even at a slave. Forget a slave. Swearing at an animal now, a person is riding an animal and he started becoming a little bit of, little rebellious or whatever, or not running fast enough. It would be just a norm to now say some words of swear that animal. So I never even swore at an animal. From that moment in time, up to this moment in time, never has this happened. Where did this come from? How did this translate into this instant action? 
This instant action was on the foundation of mahabba. How much love? That much of obedience. How deficient the love? That much of deficiency in the obedience. That is our position. That the deficiency in the obedience of Nabi Karim in his way of life, in his manner, in what he taught us, what he emphasized, but that suddenly has no emphasis for us. What he refrained us from, but we can't find ourselves that himmat and courage to stop from it. This is in proportion to the deficiency in that mahabba. Not that it's not there, Alhamdulillah is there. But it's not there to the proportion that it should be there. And the Sahaba, one time they taught something. Hazrat Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says, Nabi Kareem said, on one occasion gave her this message and lesson, that man sallah sintay asharatay rak'atan fi laylatin fi yawmin wa laylatin, the person who performs 12 rak'ats in the day and night, Allah will grant him a palace in Jannah. The twelve rakats referring to the Sunnah Mu'akkada. The two rakats before Fajr, the four before Zohar, the two after Zohar, the two after Maghrib, and the two after Isha. Now this is the Sunnah Mu'akkada. So Nabi Sallallahu is the person who performs it. very emphasized. This was something Nabi Sallallahu would not leave out. So it's very emphasized. And it should never be left out. So Nabi Islam gave the glad hiding of a palace in Jannah. So now she is relating it much later. Many times later, she would have related it many many times, but on one occasion now she is relating it many many years later. She says, from that day that I heard it, not one occasion have I missed it out, not once. Then the person who related it from her, her brother, Ambasa bin Nabi Sufyan, he says, my sister Umm Habiba radiallahu ta'ala anha, the wife of Nabi Kareem she narrated this hadith to me. He says, from the day I heard it from her, till today, not one day has passed with me ever missing this out. Every single day of my life, from that day to today, I fulfilled it. The person who narrates it from him, now he's gone so many years further down the line. And he says, from the day I heard it from Ambasa, not a single day has passed with me not having fulfilled what is this 12 rakats in the day? Now hearing it once, only once, no 10 reminders were given. One time they heard it and that became part of their lives. How come? This can only happen to the extent of mahabba, the extent of love. But how did Nabi Karim Salaam conduct himself? That is how I should conduct myself. What did Nabi Salaam do? That is what I should do. What he refrained from, that is what I should refrain from. What he exhorted people to do, how he exhorted them to look after one another, to care for their families, to be kind to their wives, to be kind and compassionate to the young, to care for the elderly. So many riwayat and hadith time has already passed. The point is that this is to the proportion of mahabba. What Nabi Islam taught them, only one time they needed that lesson. And then it became part of their lives. How? How come this happened? Why does it happen to us? The proportion of their mahabba. Now how is this mahabba going to develop in our hearts? So the Durud Sharif excessively learning the Mubarak Sunnah, one month Sunnah at a time, 
and implementing it in our daily lives. How many days pass sometimes, we don't even learn one new sunnah, or we come to know something, whereas there's so many sunnahs that are neglected in our lives. Learning one one sunnah, discussing it with our families, reading about the Mubarak life of Nabi Karim reading about his sacrifices that he made, how much of hardship he undertook for the Ummah, learning about every aspect of his life. There are so many authentic books on the Shamail and the life of Nabi Karim learning about all these aspects. This is what will create that love and striving to bring his Mubarak life, emulate it, bring it to our lives. The more this effort is made, the more this muhabbat will grow. And the more it grows, the more we will be very enthusiastic to learn more about him and to emulate him even further. This is what we have to now bring into our lives. This is where the success is. This is where the barakat is. This is where everything is. Dunya and akhirat, every good lies in this. It's in nowhere else and nothing else. It is only in this Mubarak way of Nabi Karim wasallam. No matter what the world may say, no matter what they may think, the world may think that this is completely destruction. That for example, just to finish off on one, one aspect, that for example, the world has a different concept in terms of that how people should be conducting themselves. Everybody should become slaves of the economic world. Whether it is man, whether it is woman. And in order to do that, everybody has to go through the whole process the full education process and everything, and then become part of the world. What was Nabi Salaam's advice? Ali radiallahu ta'ala, he told him, you are responsible for everything outside the house. Fatima radiallahu ta'ala, you are responsible for everything inside the house. And now this set that family life, and it set such an example that that foundation of a family was set in a way that then the generations that came, they grew up in those noble qualities. Because there was that tarbiyat and training, everybody was there. But now the western lifestyle, no, the western lifestyle is everybody must be a man. But, while everybody must be a man, the man must also, he must take half the woman's work at home. Not that there is anything wrong in helping out in the home, but that becomes part of his duty now. So now, in the end of the day, nobody is doing anything. It's all just what can be the bare minimum done to just keep things rolling. But the biggest, the problem comes that the children then in the process, they are in commercial care. They are in commercial care and they get raised with commercial values. But those values of humanity, those values of insaniyat, those values that Nabi Salaam taught, their commercial care is going to give them that. They are growing up in some crash. They are growing up in some this place and that place. The whole day from 6 to 6, they are sitting in this place in some commercial care. This is by and large what's happening in the world. Those who are safe from it, they are safe, mashallah. But by and large, this is a trend. Now, this is a trend elsewhere, but in our communities also, in the Muslim Ummah, this is becoming the, the norm in many places. Why? Because of emulation of the West. And why is this emulation of the West? Because of the deficiency of the mahabba for Nabi Karim So now something else is looking attractive elsewhere. So to come back to what Nabi gave us, his Mubarak way, this is what we have to adopt, this is where we will find our goodness of dunya and akhirat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.
بذكر فرحه وانا شو بقول الله جل جلاله عم نوانه 
وہ گرتے اٹھائے امت اک نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم الہ العالمین اللہ کرام کی مغفرت دو امت اللہ شو و مغفرت دو امت اللہ شو و رحمت دو امت اللہ الہ العالمین اللہ کی وسند اٹھائے امت دو توفیق اور دو اعمال دے برنگ ڈاؤن یور رحمت اللہ اللہ سیو اس فرام دوز ایکشنز دے برنگ عذاب اللہ الہ العالمین از اول ڈیو ٹو اور سنز اللہ all our wrongs and sins ya allah that the entire ummah is suffering so much of difficulties and hardships ya allah allah forgive us ya allah allah uplift the azab of the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin guide us in the entire ummah ya allah allah in the mubarak footsteps of nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin full our hearts with his love ya allah full our hearts with his mubarak sunnah ya allah with the love of his mubarak way of life ya allah enable us to emulate his mubarak way of life ya allah Allah save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, put the love of the Sunnah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah put the dislike of the ways of Yahud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from their ways, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you give us the tawfiq of fulfilling everything that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from everything that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, make our life a life of obedience, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. From all the fitna and fasad. Allah protect us from the sins of the eyes and ears, Ya Allah. The sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. The sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Cleanse and purify our hearts out of all the evils, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allahumma rizukna hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amali yubalighuna hubbak. اللهم اجعل حبك احب الينا من انفسنا واهلينا ومن الماء البارد اله العالمين يا الله ذوز سكيب تمشي في كامله عاجله مستمره دائما and I remove every trace of the ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, those in financial problems, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Allah, grant abundant, halal and tayyib risk filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, grant khair and afiyat to each person, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those in any kind of difficulties, anxiety, depression, worry, grief. Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts for your pleasure, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Of family members, Ya Allah. Of communities, Ya Allah. Of the ummah of Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the traps of shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those have raised their hands to this dua ya allah all who ask us to make dua for them ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah you grant everyone the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah grant each one barakat in every aspect ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah fulfill the jaiz needs and the pious aspirations of each person ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah our greatest need is to become yours ya allah allah you make us yours ya allah Make us the true ummatis of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, such ummatis whom he will be pleased to see on the day of Qiyamati, Allah. Who will gain his sifarish and intercession, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from becoming a source of pain and grief on the day of Qiyamat for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant us every khair and barakat and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we have asked for, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for and did not ask, Ya Allah. Give us that as well, Ya Allah. 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله